Hello everyone in the world of organized crime that I was forced to be in at five as y'all already know. The women were more deadly than the men. To be even more grammatically correct, the women were deadlier than the men. The women were more fatal than the men. The women were more lethal than the men. The women were more murderous than the men. The women were more homicidal than the men. The women were more virulent than the men. The women were more poisonous than the men. The women were more into being bloody than the men. To be even more grammatically correct, the women were bloodier than the men. The women were more destructive than the men. The women were more venomous than the men. The women were more life-threatening than the men. The women were more deathly than the men. The women were more toxic than the men. The women were more terminal than the men. The women were more malignant than the men. The women were more injurious than the men. The women were more carcinogenic. The women were more carcinogenic than the men. The women were, were more bloodthirsty than the men. To be even more grammatically correct, the women were bloodthirstier than the men. The women were more cannibalistic than the men. The women were more harmful than the men. The women were more violent than the men. The women were more dangerous than the men. The men were more suicidal than the women. The men committed suicide more than the women which means the men had more suicide ideations than the women. Um, There were more dead men than dead women. More, More men without life than women. More men not existing than women. More men expired than women. More men deceased than women. More men perished than than women. More men lifeless than women. More men inanimate than the women. More men late than women. More men defunct than women. More men breathless than women, more men no longer living than women, more men devoid of life than women, more men departed than women, more men brain dead than women, more men clinically dead than women, more men gone than women, more men no more than women, more men done for than women.
Mormon gone the way of all flesh than women. More men gone to one's reward than women. More men gone to meet one's maker than women. More men snuffed out than women. More men out of one's misery than women. More men in front of God than women. More men pushing up daisies than women. More men rubbed out than women. More men wasted than women. More men liquidated than women. More men erased than women. More men gone by the board than women. More men unresting in chaos than women. When I say liquidated pushing up daisies, those are not good things. Those are sarcastic ways of saying that their end and how they met their end, there's nothing rosy about it. Nothing pleasant about it at all. Can't say at rest was God. Because that would be insulting to people like Harriet Tubman. Um, Can't say resting in peace because that's insulting to people like Ida, Ida B. Wells. Or pushing up daisies may be liquidated, can be insulting. To people who have had relatives gone, who were good people and passed away. Uh, Let me make sure I know what liquidated means. I'm trying my best not to be ignorant if I don't have to be. Um, In this case, it means eliminate, typically by violent means kill. Um... Well, okay, liquidated may not be insulting, but I think pushing up daisies could be. Um, But yes, those things are not good things when it comes to organized crime. Especially pushing up daisies. You would think that would be a rosy thing to say about a good person, which it is. But an organized crime, when criminals say that, it's thorny, completely thorny, T-H-O-R-N-Y. 
So there were more men not alive than women, more men not animate than women, not animate than women, more men enduring than women in this case. More men without the appearance of life than women, more men inert than women, more men still than women, more men stagnant than women, more men dull than women, more men numb than women, more men insensible than women, more men deadened, more, more men deadened than women, more men anesthetized than women, more men unconscious than women, more men exhausted than women, more men wearied than women, more men worn than women, more men spent and tired than women. So that means that, yes, there were more men who were blunt, impaired, dull, repressed, slow, paralyzed, freeze, and exercise, put to sleep, numb, knockout, in- incapacitate, decapitated, depressed, stifled, benumbed, smothered, um, hurt, weakened, excite, revitalize, invigorate, smother, KO, and I hate to say it, but this is how to say in the street, retard. In women. Uh, more men in deadlock, standstill, stalemates, and impasse and pause than women. So I saw more men experiencing decay, decline, decrease, consumption, decrease. Decomposition, collapse, downfall, decadence, depreciation, corruption, spoilage, wasting away, degeneration, dry out, putrific, putrefaction, corruption, again, desolation, rottenness, spoiling, breakup, breakdown, mold, rust, atrophy, blight, mildew, deterioration, extinction, disintegration, ruin, crumbling, waste, corrosion, wear and tear, um, corrode, rot, Wither, spoil, decompose, putrid, spoiled, rotten, tumbling down and crumbling down. More than the women. So, in the organized crime, I world, the women were more dangerous, more perilous, more critical, more serious, more pressing, more vulnerable, more exposed, more full of risk, more threatening, more alarming, more urgent, more hazardous, more risky, more menacing, more ugly in terms of character, nasty, more nasty, nastier, uglier in terms of character, more formidable, more terrible, more deadly, deadlier. Uh, more insecure, more precarious, more ticklish, more delicate, more unstable, more touchy, more treacherous, more bad, more thorny, more breakneck, more shaky on the collision course. We're more under fire, more unhealthy, more hot in terms of character, meaning that rage. More in danger, more uncertain, more unsafe, more not certain, more not sure, more not secure, more severe. And hairier than the men. I'm just telling you everything I saw in that world.
The women faced more danger, more uncertainty, more risk, more peril, more emergency, more crisis, more jeopardy, more threats, more hazards, more insecurities, more instability, more exposure, more 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 menace, more vulnerability, um, more bad chances, more lack of safety, more lack of security, more lack of certainty than the men. Um... So, so how did I use my faith at that time? I would say that my response to the damage was Jesus. My response to the injuries was Jesus. My response to the harm was Jesus. My response to the hurt was Jesus. My response to the wounds was Jesus. My response to the bruises was Jesus. My response to the wrongs was Jesus. My response to the casualties was Jesus. My response to the suffering was Jesus. My response to the illnesses was Jesus. My response to the strokes was Jesus. My response to the afflictions was Jesus. My response to the accidents was Jesus. My response to the catastrophes was Jesus. My response to the adversity was Jesus. My response to the outrage was Jesus. My response to the hardships was Jesus. My response to the disturbances was Jesus. My response to the mutilation was Jesus. My response to the impairments was Jesus. My response to the mishaps was Jesus. My response to the evil was Jesus. My response to the blows was Jesus. My response to devastations was Jesus. My response to the mischief was Jesus. My response to the evil reverses was Jesus. My response to the disablement was Jesus. My response to the loss was Jesus. My response to the collapse was Jesus. My response to the vandalism was Jesus. My response to disasters was Jesus. My response to the injuries was Jesus. My response to the misfortunes was Jesus. My response to loss occasioned by injuries was Jesus. My response to the ruin was Jesus. My response to the breakage was Jesus. My response to the ruined goods was Jesus. My response to the wreckage was Jesus. My response to the deprivation was Jesus. My response to the waste was Jesus. My response to the shrinkage was Jesus. My response to the depreciation was Jesus. My response to the pollution was Jesus. My response to the corruption was Jesus. My response to the blemish was Jesus. My response to the contamination was Jesus. My response to the defacement was Jesus. My response to the de- degeneration was Jesus. My response to deterioration was Jesus. My response to the ravage was Jesus. My response to the havoc was Jesus. My response to the erosion was Jesus. My response to disrepair was Jesus. My response to the bit to the debasement was Jesus. My response to the corrosion was Jesus. My response to the atrophy was Jesus. My response to the scratch was Jesus. My response to the scars was Jesus. My response to the erosions again was Jesus. My response to the decay was Jesus. My response to the wear and tear was Jesus. My response to the foul play was Jesus. My response to destructions was Jesus. My response to the loss was Jesus. I chose to 
to have improvement with Jesus, to have betterment with Jesus, to experience growth with Jesus, even midst of organized crime. And even midst of organized crime, I chose to be a blessing to Jesus, a benefit to Jesus, and a boon to Jesus. I saw Jesus as my compensation, and I saw Jesus as my reparations. I said to myself, the, Jesus will take care of the cause because of all the years locusts have eaten, the organi- all the years that the locust, the organized, because of all the years that the, that the organized crime locusts have eaten, Jesus will be my reimbursement. He will cover my expenses and my expense, and he will repair the damages. That's how I felt about Jesus at that time. And um, I felt like, as a child, this is my Christian faith, I said, Because of Jesus, I will never stay damaged. Because of Jesus, I will never stay injured. Because of Jesus, I will never stay marred. Because of Jesus, I will never stay in need of repair. Because of Jesus, I will never stay in poor condition. Because of Jesus, I will never stay broken. Because of Jesus, I will never stay reduced in value because of damage. Because of Jesus, I will never stay cheap. Because of Jesus, I will never stay secondhand. Because of Jesus, I will never stay used. Because of Jesus, I will never stay faded. That was my faith at the time. And I said to myself, as a child, this is what I said, my Christian faith is how it worked. I said to myself, um, Jesus will never damn me. Jesus will never curse me. Jesus will never ban me. Jesus will never doom me. Jesus will never banish me. Jesus will never excommunicate me. Jesus will never sentence me. Jesus will never convict me. Jesus will never excoriate me. Jesus will never cast me into hell. Jesus will never torment me. Jesus will never condemn me to hell. Jesus will never condemn me to eternal punishment. Jesus will never call down curses on me. Jesus will never condemn me. And I said to myself, that Jesus blesses me and that Jesus is helping me to forgive. And I said, well, Jesus forgives me for anything and everything. That's This was my child Christian faith at the time. I'm just telling you how I felt. Now, at times did I feel cursed? Yes. Did at times did I feel like I was going to be condemned to hell and cast into hell and excommunicated and banished? I did. I felt that way from Satan much more than I felt that way from God. I'm just being honest about how how did I overcome? This is what I felt. Um, so... I said to myself as I got older, this helps me to overcome organized crime. I said, my name is not damaged. My name is not ruined. 
My name is not wreck. My name is not tarnished. My name is not burn. My name is not scorched. My name is not dirty. My name is not rot. My name is not smash. My name is not bleach. My name is not drench. My name is not batter. My name is not discolor. My name is not mutilate. My name is not scratch. My name is not smudge. My name is not crack. My name is not bang up. My name my name is not abuse. My name is not maltreat. My name is not mar. My name is not deface. My name is not disfigure. My name is not mangle. My name is not contaminate. My name is not crumple. My name is not dismantle. My name is not cheapen. My name is not blight. My name is not disintegrate. My name is not pollute. My name is not ravage. My name is not sap. My name is not stain. My name is not tear. My name is not undermine. My name is not gnaw. My name is not corrode. My name is not break. My name is not split. My name is not stab. My name is not pierce. My name is not lacerate. My name is not cripple. My name is not rust. My name is not warp. My name is not maim. My name is not wound. My name is not taint. My name is not despoil. My name is not incapacitate. My name is not decapitate. My name is not pervert. My name is not bruise. My name is not spoil. My name is not wear. Away. My name is not wear. My name is not defile. My name is not wrong. My name is not corrupt. My name is not infect. My name is not break. My name is not destroy. My name is not all those things that I saw within organized crime. I saw all those things happen in organized crime. And those verbs, those actions are not a part of my birth certificate. None of those names are even my government name. So that's how I chose to heal. And, um, so y'all pretty much get the point how, what life was like for me. And I also... I would say the women were more rageful and more melancholic than the men. More, The women were more fearful than the men. So y'all, y'all, y'all get it. Y'all see what happened. Um... And so, actually, there's more on this subject I really need to get out. So, there were more. Okay. Men were the most handicapped, the most thwarted, the most crippled, the most disabled, the most, most impeded, the most burdened, the most hampered, the most obstructed, the most encumbered, the most put at a disadvantage, the most checked, the most blocked, the most limited, the most restrained, the most wounded, the most curbed, the most put behind, the most disabled, the most restricted, the least helped, the least aided, the least supported, because the organized crime world I was in was more was ruled by women more than men. 
So that's why I'm saying that. Um, so it hurts for me to say this, but this is true. Within organized crime, the women were the most harmful, the most injurious, the most detrimental, the most hurtful, the most noxious, the most evil, the most mischievous, the most ruinous, the most adverse, the most sinister, the most subversive, the most incendiary, the most virulent, the most cataclysmic, the most corroding, the most toxic, the most baleful, the most painful, the most wounding, the most crippling, the most bad, the most malicious, the most malignant, the most sinful, the most pernicious, the most unwholesome, the most corrupting, the most menacing, the most dire, the most prejudicial, the most damaging, the most corrupt, the most vicious, the most insidious, the most treacherous, the most catastrophic, the most disastrous, the most wild, the most violent, the most murderous, the most destructive, the most unhealthy, the most killings, the most fatal, the most mortals, the most, again, the most mortals, the most serious, the most dangerous, the most fraught with evil, the most doing harm, the most doing evil, the most sore, the most distressing, the most diabolic, the most brutal, the most unhealthful, the most satanic, the most grievous, the most lethal, the most venomous, the most cruel, the most unfortunate, the most disadvantageous, the most felonious, the most committer of misdemeanors, the most objectionable, the most fiendish, the most unlucky, the most malign, the most devilish, the most corrosive. Um, the women did the most harm, the most injuries, the most hurt, the most damage, the most impairments, the most, again, the most injuries, the most evil, the most wickedness, the most outrage, the most foul play, the most abuse, the most evil, the most wrong. Um, the women did, were the, I would say... In a lot of ways, the women were the most harmed, the most damaged, the most injured, the most wounded, and the most hurt. And to harm, to injure, to wreck, to cripple, and to hurt, the women did those things the most. Which means that the women, um, in their hearts, had the most hatred, the most abhorrence, um, the most loathing, the most rancor, the most detestation. The most antipathy, the most repugnance, the most repulsion, the most disgust, the most contempt, the most intense dislike, the most scorn, the most abomination, the most distaste, the most disapproval, the most horror, the most hard feelings, the most displeasure, the most ill will, the most bitterness, the most antagonism, the most animosity, the most peak, P-I-Q-U-E, the most grudges, the most malice, the most malevolence, the most revulsion, the most prejudice, the most spite, the most revenge, the most hate, the most venom, the most envy, the most spleen, the most coldness, the most hostility, the most alienation, the most bad blood, the most chip on one's shoulder, the most grudge, the most anger, um, the biggest enemies of devotion and friendship and affection, and the biggest embodiments of haughty, arrogant, disdainful, proud, egotistical, and egotistic spirits. And I take no pleasure in saying any of the things that I'm saying. So yes, the women caused the most distress, the most worry, the most anxiety, the most misery, the most sorrow, the most wretchedness, the most pain, the most dejection, the most irritation, the most suffering, the most aches, the most heartaches, the most ordeals, the most desolation, the most anguish, the most affliction, the most woes, the most torment, the most shame, 
the most embarrassment, the most disappointment, the most tribulation, the most pangs, the most grief, the most trouble. And they were the biggest enemies of joy, happiness, and jollity. So that's what life was like for me around that time. The women as I have admitted did not give a damn the most the women did not give a fuck the most and the women did not give a shit the most the women applied the not worth a damn philosophy more than the men did the women applied the not worth a fuck Mentality more than the men did, and the women applied the not worth shit mentality more than the men did. I say all those things to say that for a lot of women, organized crime is the one world. besides the porn industry where women may be paid more than men the most and it's regular I can't say that for corporate America I can't say that for the United States Congress I can't say that for the Ivy League institutions I can't say that for Hollywood I can't say that for authorship. I can't even say that for celebrity culture. I just had to be real about that world so people can understand that for a lot of women when they oppress when for a lot of women they feel oppressed they choose to be the biggest oppressors known to humankind and non-humankind so this episode is to forewarn people and before I finish the episode 
the women, there are more women stick-up artists than men stick-up artists. In other words, there are more women stick-up kids than men stick-up kids. So, I want to be honest about that world and tell people that world is never a good world for anybody. That world shits on everybody. That world fucks up everybody. And that world is an ass crack to everybody. So, let me be even more honest. The women were the the most cruel, the most malevolent, the most spiteful, the most depraved, the most wicked, the most vengeful, the most evil, the most sinful, the most degenerate. The most brutish, the most demonic, the most outrageous, the most tyrannical, the most gross, the most demoralized, the most evil-minded, the most vicious, the most brutal, the most rough, the most wild, the most bestial, the most ferocious, the most monstrous, the most demoniac, the most debased, the most destructive, the most harmful, the most mischievous, the most callous, the most unnatural, the most merciless, the most sadistic, the most unpitting, the most unmerciful, the most unyielding, the most remorseless, the most regretless, the most pitiless, the most unfeeling, the most inflexible, the most bloodthirsty, the most unrelenting, the most relentless, the most grim, the most inhuman, the most inhumane, the most atrocious, the most harsh, the most heartless, the most compassionless, the most stony, the most unconcerned, the most showing no mercy, the most turning a deaf ear, the most hard as nails, and the enemies of being merciful and kindly compassionate. And they're the biggest enemies of being merciful and kindly compassionate. So the women were most cruelly themselves, the women were the most savagely themselves, the women were most inhumanly themselves, the women were the most viciously themselves, the women were most brutally themselves. So in organized crime, the women were the biggest champions of cruelty, brutality, barbarity, sadism, inhumanity, barbarism, mercilessness, wickedness, coarseness, ruthlessness, severity, malice, rancor, venom, coldness, unfeelingness, insensibility, indifference, fierceness, bestiality, ferocity, savagery, grimness, monstrousness, inflexibility, fiendishness, hardness of heart, Bloodthirstiness, torture, relentlessness, persecution, harshness, heartlessness, compassionlessness, atrocities, abuses, traumas, victimizations, crimes, violences, evils, tyranny. And they were the biggest opposers of kindness, benevolence, and humanity. The women were the most crude, the most rude, the most rough, the most unpolished, the most in raw states, the most harsh, the most rudimentary, the most humspun, the most rough hone, the most 
the most unfashioned, the most unformed, the most undeveloped, the most in the rough, the most raw, the most immature, the most sketchy, the most unfinished, the most homemade, the most thick, and the most coarse. And these are all bad traits when it comes to organized crime. I'm talking about character trait. I'm talking about character. Purely character when I say all these things. The women were not into being refined, polished, and finished the most. The women were crudely themselves the most, clumsily themselves the most, coarsely themselves the most, impudently themselves the most, and rudely themselves the most. I must admit that when I did travel with women in the state of Florida when I was undergraduate in college, start, you know, obtaining my bachelor's in human services, my minor in psychology. This is what I have to admit. Um, I said in the book that there weren't any black women in, like, Leesburg, Florida. I got to venture out of Leesburg many times because sometimes the women would, you know, drive me around. It could be co-workers, their co-workers. It could be them. It could be their family members. It could be their friends. And some of the women, and a lot of the women in their lives were black women in Florida. So because of them introducing me to the women and they were black and they were black I did have sex with a lot of black women back then I'm not bragging I'm just clearing out all my flashbacks in terms of my past so you could have a holistic understanding of who I truly am because at first I, I remembered it was just, it was mostly Latinas and white women, but I do remember at times venturing out, you know, to like the Orlando areas and other neighboring cities um, and just other cities in Florida, you know, road trips, driving around the whole state of Florida at times. Um, well, did I drive to the state of Florida? No. Well, I didn't drive with them like okay it it was in the state of Florida of course we didn't land in every city that's impossible by driving but I would say neighboring you know in other cities um in Florida um that I can say yes there's other cities besides Leesburg Florida Orlando was one of them and there were other cities, too. I did have sex with a lot of black women. A lot of... Um, some Middle Eastern women. And... Um, it was some foreign women. Um... 
women from, I think it was women from all the seven continents. I had sex with North American women, Central American women, Southern American women, uh, Asian women, um, European women, um, Uh, African women. Uh, Australian women, like. And women from Oceania. So I had sex with women, with Asian women, African women, Europe, European women, North American women, South American women, Australian women, Oceania women. Um, and that was it. Just the six continents. No one from Antarctica that I can tell you. So, yes. I did have sex with Native American women too. Just a lot of women. Because I was just... Constantly just sometimes women would pick me up. They would come to Leesburg and we would talk. And sometimes they would drive around looking for uh, young men because a lot of them were cougars. They wanted some action and they would sometimes drive around. I would wave and they would pull up on me and we would start talking and they would take me home to with them. Sometimes home was outside of Leesburg for a lot of them. And some said, I have family in Leesburg, I have friends in Leesburg. So we would have sex in Leesburg. It could be friends' houses, family members' houses. It was um, hotels, motels. It could be parking lots, dressing rooms bathrooms, I mean, chimneys, I mean, this is just where it happened. Co-workers' homes, sometimes we'd have orgies with their co-workers and orgies with their friends. Yeah. And, um, I slept with their family members, but individually. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to clear that air because there wasn't a lot in Leesburg, but outside of Le- there wasn't a lot of, you know, black women in Leesburg, but outside of Leesburg, there's a lot of them. So that's what happened. I'm not bragging. I'm not parading Casanova or anything. I'm not, I'm not, when I say that, that means I'm not, um, I'm not doing the Wilt Chamberlain 20,000 bullshit. No disrespect to Wilt and his family. I just never liked treating women as um, geometry or algebra. I just always found that to be offensive to me. But I'm not parading Casanova. That means that I'm um, I'm not lying on my dick, right? I'm not one of those type people. I'm also not 
the type where I'm always thinking with my dick. I'm not doing that either. Um, I, you know, phylogeny means that my phylogeny means that I have um, wholesome love, wholesome fondness, and wholesome admiration towards women. I'm just being honest about that part of my life. Um, again, I was an unhealed soul back in the day. So now you have more proper context to have transitioned from taking every sex opportunity, even if it was unhealthy, to me having sex in patches here and there. And having sex in moderation. So now you understand where I'm going from. I'm not um, the type that is after one thing when it comes to women. That's what I mean to say. And so another thing I remember was um, some of those other women... um, and I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it truthful. Um, they were some of those other women. Most of them were single. Some were engaged. Some married. And most of them were um, like casual sex buddies. And most of the black women I slept with were chocolate. The second most were brown complected. The third most were uh, pecan twirled skin. No disrespect. I'm not doing colors and shaders. I'm just being honest. And I did have sex with um, light skinned women. The ones that, the one, you know, I know the controversial terms would be red bones, yellow bones, but I did sleep with women who are called that by society. I'm trying to be as respectful as I can with these labels, but I just have to be lovingly honest about that part of my life. Um, I never... I mean, I've met their partners, but... I mean, these women tended to be in relationships where they just weren't happy. And it was because of the man. The man could be a horned dog and they were like I don't want to be with him anymore because all he does is cheat and um, he could come home with diseases so they stopped having sex when they figure out oh that he's cheating and the thing about me was when it came to um, all these types of relationships um For myself, from what I remember, and I can be real, um, it was where women would leave their husbands and boyfriends and and their fiancés for me. Because we talked about, it and they said, you know, I, I, you know, they like that 
we both gave them ultimatums. It's either me or them. And they left them all for me. So I was everybody's husband and boyfriend and fiance and all these women's minds. And um, that's why I have an innumerable amount of sex partners in my sex history so my I've I know that this term can be very dehumanizing very controversial I get it nowadays people say body count my body count would be let's say it's extraordinarily higher than times affinity And I'm not saying that for bragging rights. I'm just being more honest about my sexual healing journey. About how organized crime wired wired me sexually. When I say sexuality, I'm not targeting the LGBTQ plus community because that's healthy that's a part of healthy sexuality when i say sexuality i'm talking about organized crime convincing me to go outside healthy sexual personalities and healthy sexual temperaments that i have now don't get me wrong my being pansexual is innate my being queer is innate. My being pangender is innate. All things me are innate. And all those things are going to be truthful about me, whether I was going to be in organized crime or not, no matter whether I was going to be traumatized or not. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is organized crime teaches people to have abusive sexual personalities and to have abusive sexual temperaments. So now you understand more of why I say what I say. And so when it came to um, that type of world, um, I must say that within organized crime, um, in terms of making sure that women were okay. This is how women perceived me. I I made them feel the most hopeful, the most optimistic, the most expected, the most assured the same queen, the most buoyant, the most enthusiastic, the most trustful, the most reassured, the most emboldened, the most full of hope, the most cheerful, the most anticipating, the most expecting, the most in hopes of forward-looking, the most light-hearted, the most serene, the most calm, the most poised, the most comfortable, the most eager, the most elated, the most looking through rose-colored glasses, the most confident, the most trusting, the most encouraging, the most promising, the most reassuring, the most favorable, the most bright, the most cheering, the most flattering in a good way, the most gracious, the most opportune in a good way, the most timely, the most fortunate, the most propitious, the most auspicious, the most well-timed, the most fit, the most suitable, the most convenient, the most beneficial, the most fair, 
the most uplifting, the most heartening, the most inspiring, the most exciting, the most pleasing, the most fine, the most lucky, the most stirring, the most making glad, the most helpful, the most rose-colored, the most rosy, the most animating, the most attractive, the most satisfactory, the most refreshing, the most probable, the most good, the most conducive, the most advantageous, the most pleasant, the most of promise, the most happy, the most cheerful, never unfortunate to when it came to me, never discouraging when it came to me, never unfavorable when it came to me. And I mean all those things in terms of my personality only when it came to women in that world. And I have to tell this truth. And please know that None of what I'm saying is easy to say. But I know that what I'm saying will change a lot of lives. When it came to my life with women, the organized crime. Um, I know what I'm about to say is dichotomous, but I can't think of a bigger dichotomy than organized crime sometimes. When it came to women and myself, in our minds, we were each, we were each other's biggest protectors, biggest champions, biggest defenders, biggest patrons, biggest sponsors, biggest safeguards, biggest benefactors, biggest supporters, biggest advocates, biggest patrons, biggest guardian angels, biggest guards, biggest shields, biggest saviors, biggest standbys, biggest promoters, biggest mediators, biggest mentors, biggest counsels, biggest seconds, biggest backers, biggest upholders, biggest sympathizers, biggest mothers, biggest um them being the big sisters to me, me being the big brother to them, the biggest angels, the biggest covers, the biggest friends, the biggest grumbas, the biggest guardians to each other. And I know all these things were warped when it comes to organized crime, but that's how it was at that time. And we were like the biggest shelters, the biggest coverings, the biggest fields, biggest assurance, biggest reassurance, biggest securities and biggest abilities to one another, kept each other safe the most, kept each other guarded, secured, defended, sheltered, harbored, screened and cherished, curtained and sheet and shaded and disguised, camouflaged the most. These were all bad because it's organized crime, but that's how it was. That's really how the hell it was. Getting back to the sex life of women, um, I remember one in particular where the kids would be picked up from their home by the aunts, so the aunts and uncles uncles would come to to take them to the aunts and uncles house 
And as soon as the door closed, we would stare at each other with lust. Even though we were crushing on each other and having romantic urges for one another, they would say, and these were their exact words, I need you right now, and I need my dick and my balls right now, referring to me. And I got to keep it a buck. My exact words to them were, I need you right now, I need my pussy right now, I need my clit right now, I need my vulva right now. And then we would have animalistic, primal, full-blown sex afterwards. On the weekends, we had sex fests. Um... 24 hours, sometimes 12 hours. And when the kids were home, we had sex for more hours and the kids were home. It's usually half an hour to an hour. And um, the only when I was sleeping with um, in Leesburg, Florida, outside Leesburg, Florida. Um, most of them were single without kids. Some were single with children. And some would be classified as baby mamas. I mean... Some of their baby daddies like, you know, or didn't have a problem with me. And some, you know, wanted to rekindle things with baby mama, but didn't like the fact that they were sleeping with me, but I never mistreated them. So in their mind, it's like, well, I can't, you know, get at Antonio or be upset with him because he's not bringing bullshit my way, so I'm not gonna bring bullshit his way. So they may not like our sexual relationship, they had to tolerate it. Um, And some introduced me to their family, some didn't. Some introduced me to their friends and some didn't. Some introduced me to their coworkers, some didn't. So to the ones that introduced me to their families, I had sex with their with those women family members. The ones who just were co-workers, I had sex with their women co-workers. And the ones that were their women friends, I had sex with their women friends. Their women, and it was, an, and it was astounding how at all the women, or a lot of the women, I should say, in the lives of these women co-workers, women friends and women family members, they introduced me to all the other women in their lives that they had personal relationships and professional relationships, and I was sleeping with all them too. Um, (sighs) 
now I understand why I'm more into like sexual precaution, sexual caution of the soul. Because um, when I say that, I'm talking about I've learned to create healthy soul ties and healthy sexual soul ties instead of the unhealthy soul ties, unhealthy sexual soul ties of the past. So soul ties are not bad. It's about what type of soul ties you are forging and why. Um, I call it soul ties in my case because I was unhealed. So I did, I engaged in unhealed conduct. Um, and I don't mean to be hard on myself, um, but I'm just being honest about how I didn't have all the healing I have now, so that's why I did what I did back then. I'm still learning to be gentle and generous with myself. So... I just really felt like it was appropriate for me to share um, that part of my life with you all um, because those things are real for me in terms of how I choose to move forward. And I want to say this. When I was in that organized crime world, women with high body counts, at, were, at first were, they were shamed and after a while, because there were more women crime leaders than men crime leaders, the men at times were shamed for high body counts. And the women being shamed for high body counts, that stopped a lot. In terms of the shame for high body counts, that stopped a lot. So when women were running things on organized crime, that means they get to have the most sex, the most promiscuous sex. So in the, before I enter organized crime, men ran everything. But once the women got involved, it completely changed. So, I want to say this on record. If you feel like you can't handle my high body count and it being innumerable, 
Don't even try to sleep with me. Don't even offer me sex. No sex between us. But let me get to what I was saying about them. I think about the fact that I say this in closing. I remember going vacationing with these women. Yeah, I remember going vacationing with them. Where, um, especially during the summer times, um, in college is summer. Where we would spend, it could be, the vacationing tended to be like other cities of Florida. And vacationing at, um, It could be resorts, from what I remember. Um, Trying to find the best definition of a resort. A resort In North American English, it's a self-contained commercial establishment that tries to provide most of the vacationers want, such as food, drink, swimming, lodging, sports, entertainment, shopping on the premises. So we would spend time in resorts in all the other cities of Florida, from what I remember. And um, we had the most, I mean... We did have tasty food, tasty drinks, some of those drinks being alcoholic. We did a lot of swimming, a lot of entertainment, enjoyment, and a lot of shopping. You know, they they were basically my sugar mamas. I had sugar mamas in college. Some of the women I was sleeping with were my sugar mamas. And I was the sugar baby to all these sugar mamas. So that's how I was able to have a lot of things. And, um... We enjoyed the array of amenities at the time, the recreation activities at the time. And we enjoyed our lodging, our room service. And the most part we enjoyed about our resorts was we had the most insane in the membrane sex at that time. I'm not gloating, I'm not glamorizing, I'm not glitzing, and... I'm not glorifying, I'm not even magnifying. I'm just telling you our states of mind at the time. So that's exactly what I remember. 
And we got to these resorts by driving. Um, they were, you know, we would just drive. And they would they would drive their car to like, get in my car. Where you're coming with me, we're going to this. I don't want to be in my house all the time. And so they would drive us because they felt like, you know, we can pull over and have sex on the way because sometimes when I drive, I get horny. So we can just pull over in a private space or I could give you, you can give me a quickie, I'll give you a quickie or you can eat me out or you can, or, or I can, you know, blow you off down there, blow job. And, you know, I get on top, you get on top of me and we can do every kind of position we go on. We can do it in the, do it in the driver's seat, do it in the passenger seat, do it in the back seat. And that's what we did. We did all those things. And that's what happened. And we would pull over they would buy food, buy drinks, all that stuff. I was their gigolo, too. Now, let me make sure I'm providing the correct definition of gigolo. I was trying to be as precise as possible. So, I was their male escort. And I was their social companion who was supported by them in our continuing relationship. I did often live in their residences and I was present at their beck and call and they were present at my beck and call too. Yeah. It was, I was like the best way to Yeah, that's how it was. That's exactly what I mean. When I say male escort, I was never a part of an escort agency. But I was basically treated as one without being one. So that was my colorful way of saying I was just a, I was a sugar baby. And um, again, I was never an actual male escort. Um, and I don't, I don't diss that at all. I don't diss escort agencies at all. I don't diss escorting at all. I'm just saying, um, I was one without being one, basically. And, um, you know, we pull over, go to gas stations or, you know, stop in other cities and hang out and drive around and we just did our thing. And that's how it was during that time. And uh, a lot of times we used condoms. A lot of times we said, well, we trust each other. You know, you know, we know not to have too much, too much come. You know, could easily get some, you know, get us pregnant. So. We know how to come, but not use too much come. And sometimes there was too much come, but it was usually away from their genital region because of my pullout method. I don't advertise the pullout method today um, because it's not 99% effective, but um, I don't diss those who do it. 
And at the same time, um, that's what I knew back then. That was my form of birth control back then. Um, again, I was I was in that space of not being as sexually wise as I am now. And organized crime was the culprit of that. And I'm saying these things to help other people. Like, I'm for ethical gigoloing. I'm for ethical escorting, ethical sugar ring, ethical sugar dating, ethical sugar parenting, ethical sugar babying. Those are all fine. Um, ethical casual sex is fine. Ethical fornication, ethical parental sex, ethical promiscuity, they're all fine, like I've been saying, but the way I was going about them was I was unhealed. I was damaged. Um, I was broken. Um, I was wounded. I was re-wounded. And that's what happened. I remember we would stop in other cities and just spend time in these cities and enjoy the scenery, sightseeing, driving around, getting out of cars. Oh, let's go to these places. Um, And that's what occurred. We never went to church. We never went to any house of worship. They weren't the type to work, go to any house of worship. And it didn't bother me. Um, when I was with them, I didn't go to church every Sunday. Um, sometimes I stayed in. That's what I remember. It's just healthy to be truthful, it really is. And my not going to church has nothing to do with the fact that they didn't. This is purely independently me. But I do want to record and say, I say this on record that also, as I close it, I just want it to be understood that when it comes to sex, I guard my heart. When it comes to sex, I guard my mind. When it comes to sex, I guard my soul. When it comes to sex, I guard my body. 
When it comes to sex, I guard my mouth. When it comes to sex, I guard my ears. I guard my eyes. I guard my nose. I guard my instincts. I guard all things me. And I got all the all things me outside of sex as well. When it comes to sex and outside of sex, partners should guard each other's minds, each other's hearts, each other's souls, each other's mouths, each other's ears, each other's nose, each other's instincts. Um, each other's noses. Um, I believe when it comes to sex, outside of sex, I guard my own memories and partners should be um, guard, you know, they should be guarding each other's memories. <laughs> and um, all things us should be guarded when it comes to sex, outside of sex. If you can't respect my outer life, my body, then you can't respect my inner life, my spirit. And that's something that partners need to consider. We have to respect each other's outer life, meaning bodies, and respect each other's inner lives, inner lives, meaning spirits. So, um, that's what the fuck I want to say. That's what the hell I need to say. And... I am just so damn glad that my wise ass said all this wise ass shit. And by the motherfucking way, not only do I have philosophy, which is fondness, love, and admiration towards women, but I also have Philandry, which is fondness, love, and admiration towards men. An organized crime never obliterates my phylogeny and my Philandry. That's more of my wise ass saying more wise ass shit to yo. So, this episode is concluded, ye wise-ass motherfuckers.